This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. It's OBEHAVE with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces, their perfectly pampered pets, and who's walking who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Do you have a fearful Fido, a canine scaredy cat? Are you confused by what you should do and not do to instill some confidence in your petrified pooch? Help us here. Our special guest today is the 2016 National Dog Trainer of the Year, and she has been helping bringing out the best in dogs and their people for more than three decades. Join me in giving pause and applause to a dog's best friend, Laura Christensen. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you very much. It's wonderful to be here with you. All right. Hey, folks, I know Laura very well. Years ago, when I adopted a frightened husky golden retriever mix named Chipper from a local shelter in California, one of the first things I did was enroll her in a basic obedience class taught by, yep, you guessed it, Laura. Laura runs the canine learning centers in the San Diego area. Now, let's speed forward to today. Laura also directs a therapy dog program called Caring Paws. And yep, I got my new dog, Kona, certified by Laura to be a therapy dog. So I guess, Laura, I'm going to give you a double dose of thanks. Well, a double, you're welcome. Hey, listeners, what do you think you can do to tone down the fear factor in your dog? We've got the person with the answers. And Laura will share some insights and solutions right after we take this quick commercial break. So you know the drill. Sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. All behave. We'll be right back. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today is Laura Christensen. Now, just like us, dogs exhibit many different emotions. There's a, the pure bliss, curiosity, confidence, but there's an emotional state that can affect some dogs, and that's fear. Unchecked fear can escalate into phobias and destructive behavior. 
So that's why we have help here, listeners. In your 30-plus years as a professional dog trainer, you've probably seen a lot of fearful dogs, right, Laura? I have, yes, yes. And what, if you could, what are some signs a dog may display that says, I'm a little scaredy cat? Well, you know, I call it the four Fs. When a dog is fearful, they can respond by fighting, directly lunging and going towards the thing that they are fearful. You know, in other words, my best defense is a good offense, and I am going to do everything in my power to keep you away from me. Or they can take flight, avoidance, trying to run away, saying, I'm going to do everything in my power to keep me away from you. They can also freeze and just say, oh boy, this is a problem and just behave helpless, cower, tremble and just kind of let things happen. Or they can fool around, uh, meaning that they become very hyperactive, they get overstimulated, start jumping, acting silly, or you can actually see displacement behaviors like they're sniffing. Some dogs that get really nervous can even start to chase their tail or act like they're disinterested. So, so many different signs here. A dog actually says over 72,000 different things that we know of with their body. And they are incredible communicators. But uh, being your average person, we probably really don't understand and comprehend that. You know, I really like that. All right, folks, fighting, flight, freeze, and fool around. Now, come on, we're talking about a different kind of fool around. This is a, you know, a PG show. But <laughs> but can you help with some subtle signs of displays of fear? I'm thinking about the squinting of the eyes, things like that. That might. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the first things that you will see is um, they start to kind of show the whites of their eyes, like they're glancing back and forth. You'll see their tongue will be flicking in and out. Um, oh, you'll okay. see lots of yawning. They just generally look like they have a very concerned look. They will become kind of stiff. You can see that tail start to shift underneath or the ears kind of moving back a little bit. Um, They'll do like a grin or start to pant. The tongue will come out to the left side of their uh, mouth. Yeah, so those are some of the most common things that you'll see. They can just kind of sit down or turn away from whatever it is that they're fearful of and, you know, an effort to avoid it. So, I mean, people will say, oh, I just want to cuddle them and talk, baby, talk to them. Why are those kind of wrong moves to make when you have a dog that's feeling fearful? Yeah, you know, I mean, being, I grew up as a fearful and stressy person myself, so I can totally <laughs> okay. relate to this. Okay. And so, you know, I think of this like uh, if I would go to a party and I would be really, really nervous. And so, you know, I'd just be thinking, oh my gosh, I hope no one talks to me. I hope no one notices me. And then all of a sudden someone would look directly at me and say in front of, boy, are you shy? You don't talk much. You know, and it's like, and they'd look right at me and they'd speak to me. And for a dog, I think it's the same thing. It's like, I'm afraid. I don't want anything to do with you. And what the person does is they look at them, they speak directly to them, and they might even reach for them. And all of those things say, fright, 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 fright. And what about the baby talk? You know, let's say it's your dog and you know that your dog gets a little afraid of things. Why would cuddling and, oh, you're going to be okay? Not a good thing. 
it's just too intimate for fearful dogs. Okay. Um, fearful dogs need to have a cup of coffee and discuss <laughs> that. You know, I mean, that's just the bottom line. And humans think, like humans, Arden, oh, I'm a really friendly person and I'm a nice person and dogs love me. So I'm just going to let the dog know that I'm really nice. But dogs don't think that way. They think absolutely the opposite. If I'm worried and I'm concerned, I don't want you to make friends with me quickly. Okay, good point. Hey, folks, I want to mention this a couple of times because it's a unique spelling. At the end of the show, I want you to dash over to Laura Christensen's website. It's the letter K, the number nine, L-R-N-G. It's like, take out those vowels, Vanna, and spell canine learning. So in your, yeah, well, maybe Vanna will be a guest on our show next. Who knows? But it's K9LRNG.com. And why I bring this up, Laura, is I'm blown away. Hey, folks, she has a very extensive video library on your website. There's a, and also Instagram and other things. But you're really trying to help us out, us two-leggers, aren't you? Absolutely. You know, I think that visual is very important. So this last year, actually, I have been taking so many videos and I've captured some really great footage of things of dogs, of, you know, all kinds of things, Uh, being afraid of drain gutters, being afraid (laughs) of dogs and being reactive, you know, just fearful of environments, people touching. So I think that that's going to be really helpful to folks as well as lots of different articles. No, I'm, I'm blown away. It's a very, very good site, and you do it very well. I wanted to get back to, you said you were kind of a fearful, stressful, probably even child. So what led you to get into the dog training business? It's a special art, I think, when you do it right. Yeah, you know, I always loved animals. And I also wanted to be a teacher. So I remember when I was little, I would get all of my animals and all of my dolls, and I would be the teacher. (laughs) So, uh, you know, we'd have school. And so I started to just kind of look into things. And I actually found a profession that was called a humane educator. And that was someone that went into venues like schools and, you know, like maybe the Girl Scouts and uh, taught children about how to interact with animals. So I actually started to pursue that. And um, in the meantime, a neighbor of mine was taking her dogs to this training academy. She had Irish setters, and they had an apprentice program for trainers. Oh, nice. um, Yeah, so I got involved with that, and I ended up apprenticing for over five years under this incredible behaviorist. And uh, they had a program, and you were tested, and then I started uh, teaching and doing some behavioral counseling under his uh, supervision. And then in 1992, I came out here and started my own business. All right. And here, please explain to folks. Here is Carlsbad, California. Woohoo! Right next door to Oceanside. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what made you pick the name Canine Learning? I mean, it's it's just to me, I like it when it's keep it simple. You know, that's a good question. I, it just seemed to flow and fit. And, you know, that's really what it's about. Canines learning to be good dogs. Although, honestly, it's mostly people training. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. Like you said, just without doing a single woof, dogs are doing 72,000 different ways of saying hello goodbye, and others just with their body postures. But we need a little help, don't we? 
us two yes. layers. Yes. And the other thing that we need to understand is that dogs are incredible observers, especially a dog that's a little fearful or nervous. They're going to be hyper aware of changes in their environment and what is going on. So a lot of times people mean to do the right thing, but mm-hmm. the dog sees it in a completely different way. So do you have a couple of examples? I think you said you're going to be, uh, after the show, you're heading to see a fearful Pomeranian. Now, it's up to you if you want to mention this Pomeranian by name, but I was hoping you could give me a couple of examples of some of the uh, doggies that are fearful that you're working with right now. Yeah, you know, um, the Pomeranian is progressing, but I think I'm going to tell you about my dog, Mick. Okay. I, I had the blessing to have a dog, Mick, that I acquired at eight and a half weeks, and He was a very fearful and nervous dog, and he passed away at five and a half years. But he taught me more in that five and a half years than I ever learned in a lifetime. And, you know, as I said, this is mostly people training. Okay. And what I see with owners, when I work with owners of fearful dogs, there seems to be just a really common theme. And number one, it's that the owner feels very badly for the dog. They think the dog has been abused, which, you know, may have been the case, but maybe not. The owner is very protective of the dog, and the owner generally is a commonly stressy and anxious person themselves. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then they also tend to move really quickly and overwhelm the dog. And this isn't what the dog needs. Um, an anxious owner who overprotects and does all these things I mentioned, um, they're going to be keeping the dog in a fearful state. So this is mostly about educating the owner. How can they best help? Dogs will gravitate toward calmness and confidence. So the person needs to learn how they can be a leader to their dog. Be really calm and be aware. Really know the dog, who the dog is. Understand the body language. Understanding what are the triggers and the behaviors and what are the limits And then this is the key to acceptance. And when I say that, I mean unconditional love, a consent of what is offered. You have to love the dog that you have. You have to understand that they may not be a therapy dog or a dog you can take to a dog park or a dog that's good around children. So just kind of having that mindset and understanding that you are in charge of making this dog more confident is super helpful. So what, let's go back to the case of Mick. And I'm, I bet I know the breed, but go ahead and tell me the breed and what, what happened with Mick and you. Belgian Turvuren. <laughs> Say that again because it sounds so good. Belgian Turvuren. I want, so, I want some Belgian uh, waffles right now, but, um, but so, what about, about Mick? So Mick was a fearful dog. Now he was the fight my best defense is a good offense. So it appeared that he would be very confident. When you started to peel the layers of the onion away, you actually saw that there was insecurity there. So what I had to do with Mick was figure out what his currency was. Um, He loved food and he also loved my praise and approval. So when I started to train him, he didn't like people very well. We would actually walk down the boardwalk at a distance. And every time that someone was approaching, I'd say, look, Mick, there's a person. And he'd look at him and then he'd look back at me and I'd tell him, what a good boy. And I would praise him and give him chicken. 
And mm. we would keep doing that. So he very quickly developed this association. Oh, every time someone's moving forward towards me, and they're at a safe distance, if I look at them and look back at my mom, she's happy. So he started to become more curious of people, sniffing and investigating them. And then I got him to the point where I would stop a person. You know, we started out with women. And I would say, I'm training my dog. Would you mind just bringing your hand down? And he would go to sniff. And I'd say, don't put your hand over his head, but give him a quick pat on the neck. Okay. And they would do that. And then I would say, thank you very much. And then I would say to Mick, did they touch you? Oh, that was (laughs) What a good boy. I'm so happy. And chicken, chicken, chicken. So we developed this model called no friend, no food. So if he did well, he would get my praise, approval, and he'd get his chicken. And the next time, if they went and he moved away, I'd say to the owner, thank you. And then I'd say, too bad. And I'd shut my bait pouch, ignore him, and walk away. And he would look at me, and he was devastated. Like, mommy, I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to let this person touch me. And it was so comical, Arden, because the next time (laughs) we would do that, they'd be touching him, and he'd be looking at me saying, get those hot dogs ready. They're touching me. (laughs) <laughs> so you, you, you had me a chicken i'm sorry I, yeah. I would do it i would touch i'd let anybody at the back of my neck if i was with yeah, you right, right. hey but folks we- we're talking with laura christensen she is a professional dog trainer not just a professional she's the 2016 national dog trainer of the year we're going to find out a little bit more about that and she operates the canine learning centers it's based in san diego county mostly i would say your home is in carlsbad so that's yeah. the northern county And we're going to find out more about the fear factor and about Laura after we take this quick commercial break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Let's connect socially. Join the Pet Life Radio community to get the latest pet news, updates, and reviews. Connect with our show hosts and pet lovers socially on our Facebook and Twitter pages. You're just one click away. Find us at PetLifeRadio.com. We wear fur and we're damn proud of it. What? And our four legs. And our tail. And we go to the bathroom outside. Well, we may not be too proud of that. (laughs) Sniff around. Then mark your spot right here. Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, I'm Tamar Geller, life coach for Dog and the People, and I invite you to listen to Arden Moore on Hobie Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm delighted. If I had a tail, I'd be wagging it right now, but, you know. <laughs> I'm wagging mine. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper, and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Obehave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Obehave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I like Laura. Laura knows dogs, and Laura knows how to work us two-leggers, so we actually bring out the best in our dogs. And from a personal standpoint, I do salute you for the help you gave my dogs, Chipper and Kona. Now I live deep in the heart of Dallas, but hopefully we'll... We'll rendezvous for a uh, lunch or something next time I'm in Oceanside, Carlsbad area. But from day one, Laura, I just thought this lady has her dog act together. And that's not always the case. So is there some tips you could give people on what to look for in a good 
professional dog trainer and behaviorist because not everybody can come to Carlsbad, unfortunately. Yeah. So, you know, I think that the person that you look for has to just, you have to have a good feeling about them. They need to be very dedicated to you and your dog. They need to be very patient. They need to be very intuitive. They should be working with positive things. The dog should gravitate and start to just kind of naturally like them and feel comfortable. So, you know, again, it's just, I think it's just an intuitive gut feeling. And then knowing that the person has some experience and when you interact with them, you need to feel like you're their only customer. Oh, that's great. Now, have you ever put together how many dogs you've trained over the years? I've never counted them on my fingers and toes. (laughs) I would 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 say, I'd say thousands. Wow. So, which brings us to the story of you were in the running for National Dog Trainer of the Year and uh, you were hanging up on these people. (laughs) Come on, that's a good story. What (laughs) is? Right. Well, again, this kind you know, you've heard for that nature versus nurture, you know, that's kind of my nature. And then the nurture, you know, I grew up, you know, being kind of a suspicious person (laughs) to begin with. So, you know, I get this phone call, you know, hello, this is so and so. Congratulations, you've been nominated. And I'm like, yeah, right. Click. And, uh, you know, I thought they were a solicitor and they called back and I thought, darn, this person is persistent. (laughs) And I kept hanging up. Well, finally, I get this, I think, an email and a text and a call from you saying, hey, this is legitimate. You need to quit hanging up on these people. I nominated you. You better get in touch with them or they're going to give this award to someone else and you deserve it. So (laughs) get in touch with them. Tell the folks who this is and what it's all about because I thought it was hilarious. And I'm an ex-reporter and I believe if your mother tells you she loves you, check it out. So I'm like applauding you for like click. But then the organizers call me and they're like, she's she's hanging up on us. Oh my gosh. How it I mean it, you have to laugh, right? You have to right. have a sense of humor. But so, but tell us about who sponsored this and how it's changed your life. Well, you know what? I am having a brain lapse about who it was exactly this. I know Purina, but right. I can't remember the company that actually sponsored that. So I think you're going to have to uh, jump no, in I, here no, and help. You're right. Purina, they were looking, they were doing a national search for the dog trainer of the year and they yeah. actually approached folks like myself in the pet community to make nominations. Mm-hmm. So that's how it came about. So you and your husband got to go to New York. Woohoo! Yes, yes. They flew us to New York. It was in conjunction with the Westminster Dog Show. It was a black tie event. And they honored me. And it was just overwhelming. I mean, <laughs> it was surreal. Um, that part of it was super cool going to New York and getting that award. But uh, the most important thing really was all the congratulatory emails from people and the Atta girls. And, you know, we always thought you were the best and, you know, that. So, I mean, it was just overwhelming, including from, you know, very respected colleagues. So I think that, you know, yeah, I think that it just gave me that double, you know, thumbs up that uh, this person is serious at what she does she focused on being the best that she does. And I had, uh, you know, the, the radio stations and the magazines and the TV stations, you know, coming and interviewing me. And I was being recognized on the street. Uh, yeah, an overnight success uh, after 30 years, right? Yay. Oh, my gosh. Tell me about it. And, I, and I, you know, I mean, it was like my business was doing decent. I was staying busy, but it was overwhelming. I mean, it literally got to the point where I had so many phone calls that I couldn't answer them. 
I had to actually screen and, you know, okay, who's in my area? Who seems like a priority? And go with that first. And people still recognize me on the street. Of course, I don't know whether it's me or because I have two Belgian turbulence you know, which is an unusual breed, but. Right. And they're, they're beautiful dogs, folks, Cade and Grace and uh, my dog, pet safety dog, Kona, after she got certified by you with your Caring Paws Therapy Dog program, you treated her to a play date with Cade, right? Yes. Yes. What made you say, I think this Jack Russell mix from Arden will get along with my BT named Cade? You know, I could just tell by her personality and her confidence that Cade was going to really gravitate for her, you know, towards her. What were the signals that you were registering? She just seemed to have a really calm, self-assured air about her and proper social skills in the sense that uh, when she was meeting a dog, she did everything right. You know, she didn't go flying at him like a projectile missile and say, hey, I'm Kona, let's party. Like (laughs) Like Arden would do, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, she was just kind of more subtle about it, and she flirted around with him, and, you know, and he's like, okay, I like this dog, and they just immediately hit it off. Well, I love Kate. Kate's a great dog. And the other thing I wanted to cover, because it's important, folks, I want you to check out caninelearning.com, and that's spelled with a K and a letter 9 and then L-R-N-G.com, because not only does she have this extensive video library that you can look at, but I really like the fact that on your home page, you said, you know, you have 11 different training programs for the dogs and their people, and that's behavior and training. I mean, it's not one training fits all, right? That's correct. That's correct. It is individual. I mean, there definitely is a base, but I look at the individual dog, what their issues are. I look at the person's personality and I like it. It's a challenge. It's like, all right, how do I bring out the best in this dog human team? And when you are dealing with dogs that have some issues, let's say, uh, you know, they have a fear of, of sounds like fireworks or loud noises, it's not going to be an overnight solution, is it? So how do you prime the, the dog parent to let them know, hey, we're going to work on this together, but it might take a little time? Yeah, definitely. Just letting them know, you know, explaining about, you know, what the fear is. Unfortunately, you can't just explain to a dog and say, oh, it's just fireworks and you don't need to be concerned about this. So I just really educate them on where fear comes from, what it is, what they can expect, and just teaching them that they need to go very, very slowly with this. And it's going to be a process over time, you know, with some dogs that are so fearful, they may never become 100% unfearful. Do you have another fearful dog example you can share? Well, you know, I'm going to go back to Mick. Okay. Okay. So one of the things that we did with Mick was I did a lot of behavioral enrichment, introduced him to some new and fun, different things. And one of the things that we did was scenting work. And that's where a dog has to identify a scent. Oh, yeah. And so we were we were in this class. And uh they did this thing where they put the hides, they call them, in this narrow room where they washed the dogs. And they had the entire class of 12 people come in to this room and they were going to observe the dogs that came in. Now, Mick didn't like small spaces and he didn't like people, but he loved scenting. And I just thought, oh my goodness, this is going to be a problem. But when they opened that door and he looked in there, I just took a deep breath and I said, Mick, 
search. And he said, okie dokie. <laughs> and he went right in there, Arden, and he went wow. between the people and all this, like it didn't, they didn't even exist. They were not in that room. And the, and the idea here is that he loved scenting so much that the love of that overrode any fear that he would have had, and it just took over. You mentioned something that's very important. I listened to your voice. It was very calm and mm-hmm. confident. Mm-hmm. Really, they are really listening to how we present commands and requests. Absolutely. Absolutely. They gravitate towards calmness and confidence. And there's so many tools that an owner has, you know, whether it's even even how to pet their dog properly. The right timing can make a huge, huge difference with fearful dogs, with any dog, really. Well, you have on your video uh, library on your website, there is an example of how to approach a dog and and to to pet them. And so give us a couple of tips because you mentioned earlier, you know, people want to rush up because I'm a dog lover. That dog's going to love me. But where are some spots on the body to pet and when to pet and what are you looking for? Okay, so um, so if you do have a fearful dog, you need mm-hmm. to have that dog's back. If you see someone that's going to approach really quickly, I step in front and say, oh, you know what, this is this dog's starting to be a therapy dog. Hold on. <laughs> you know, it's like, can you bring your hand down low? Don't stare at them. Don't reach your hand over here. Here's a piece of food. Can you give it to the dog? Let them approach you. So that's the key is allowing the dog to approach the person. And then make it very brief, one or two seconds, and then move the dog away before they have a chance to think, wait a minute, I'm letting this person pet me, but I don't like it. (laughs) So you always want to work with that positive emotional state, make it really, really, but it, it really is the human, the owner that has to take charge of the situation. If you do that, the dog is going to see that and say, wow, what a relief. You know, that's I right. They react to this. They do download a lot. They may not have their own uh, iPhone or uh, laptop, but these guys are downloading, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Continually cataloging information and events in the brain. Wow. And that's the key is that, number one, you want your dog to trust you. You want your dog to see that you're in charge. You'll handle situations. You have their back. And that's greatly going to reduce the fear in any dog. Then the next thing for people petting, again, over the head is threatening. We want to go low. Pet them on the side of their neck, on the chest. If it's appropriate, if the dog's not too fearful, they like the butt scratch. They tend not to like the middle of the back or going over the head suddenly. Oh, interesting. Yeah. All right. Is there any parting message you'd like to give before we have to say goodbye? I, I have thoroughly enjoyed having you as our guest and I miss you. You're a good person, a good friend, and I, I love what you have done for dogs of all shapes, sizes, and ages. Yeah. You know, I think really the most important thing is knowledge is power. And if the owner really educates themselves about what they're dealing with, uh, with the dog and how to best handle the dog, to me, that that becomes a, a recovery where it's like you actually gain control of something that may have been lost and you're not a victim of fear anymore. And with that, I think it's going to give the dog um, a capacity to recover more quickly from scary things. So again, I'm, I'm going always back to the owner. They have to be the dog's leader. They have to educate themselves. They have to accept who the dog is and find tools to bring up the best. I love it. They have. And when you're not around dogs 
or what is something you really enjoy doing that may surprise people? I don't know. Do you do Pinot paint with wine or I don't know what you do. What's something you do for fun? (laughs) You know what? I really just enjoy going out with friends and, you know, going for walks. I actually like to color (laughs) to reduce stress. Oh, nice. Read. Yeah, just really enjoyable things that are good for the soul. That's a very good good advice. Hey, everybody. I've been delighted to have as our special guest, Laura Christensen. She operates the Canine Learning Centers. It's based in Carlsbad, California. She is a National Dog Trainer of the Year. She also has a therapy dog program. It's called Caring Paws. Go to K9Learning.com. That's K, the number nine, L-R-N-G.com. And check out her on Facebook, Instagram, all the social medias. She's here to help you guys and bring out the best in your pets. At this time, I also want to give a shout out to my producer, Mark Winter. He is the Wizard of Paws. He is the executive producer of Pet Life Radio, and he keeps us all in line, all us hosts on the network, which is now the number one pet radio network on the planet. I just had to get all those peas out. We also humbly have been picked by uh, Oprah Winfrey, some lady with a big O and a W, who loves our show and has uh, selected it as one of her top three pet podcast picks. See, I did it again, folks. I did it a bunch of peas. All right. <laughs> so you that's pretty practice that. <laughs> practice, practice, practice. And so until next time, folks, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two three and four leggers out there oh behave coast to coast and around the world it's all behave with arden moore find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in rin tin tinseltown from famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars you'll get great tail wagging pet tips and have a fur flying fun time all behave with america's pet edutainer arden moore every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.